going to have some uh, guest speakers in my sermon today. That's why the chairs are up here, don't worry, um, in a moment here. Uh, before we get to that, um, we are, as a church, doing a series uh, entitled Generational Lift. And we are exploring you know, where we are at as a church. We're celebrating 30 years next year as a church. And we really want to explore uh, where we're at as a church, where we're going. Uh, we're, we're watching out for drift, and we really want to together as a church lift. And the, the scripture that we discussed a few weeks ago as we started the series was Hebrews 13, verse 8, where the writer says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so we are really looking at that idea of where are we at, you know, as a church body. Uh, you know, are we, are we in the danger zone of drifting uh, away from the same Jesus that we have when we became Christians? Uh, or are we going to lift and stay close to him as he guides us forward uh, toward heaven? We talked about the significance of most church uh, movements and when you go into history. And, and there is always this, this initial lift and takeoff uh, at the graph displays where a man starts a movement. Uh, but eventually over time that movement can turn into machinery and eventually can become a monument. So we are striving to change that uh, as we strive together as a church uh, for this idea of generational lift. The oldest of us spiritually to the youngest of us spiritually... All having the same Jesus, the same passion, the same conviction, the same call. That's how the church stays alive. That's how the church keeps growing. That's how the church moves forward for the next 30 years, after the first 30 years uh, as a church. And so the theme that we're going to look at uh, tonight is, is lift up the old. And I do need to clarify what I mean by lift up the old. It perhaps might be your age. No. Although I learned, no. I learned, I, I know, I'm sure some of you this does not apply to, but I learned a great, a great another way, maybe more politically correct way of saying uh, old, it's, it's, it's less younger. So, lift up the less younger could be the other title if you like, uh, but some of us are okay with the idea of, of, of being labeled old. Um, but specifically what I want to do tonight is, is, is not so much just lift up the older Christians in this church, although I do want to do that, because we have some awesome older Christians in this church. But also lift up the ancient pathways going all the way back uh, to the New Testament that, that those older Christians and the Christians that have followed them in this church are still living out. Uh, sometimes you have to go back, right, to move forward. So we're going to talk about that tonight, uh, you know, as a church. Uh, before we do that, I wanted to, to invite up, I've asked a few of the mission team members and, uh, and, and some of the early uh, Christians in the church to come on up. And so I'm asking Scott and Claire Bryden. Uh, Mova Hansen and Donna Williams are coming up to these these, these uh, seats of honor here today. Uh, I'm going to sit here on the end, and they can sit here in the middle. Uh, and I want to ask them a few questions. I've asked them to prepare uh, themselves. Um, and so if, if, if they can come up at this time, uh, Scott and Claire and Donna and, 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 and uh, Mova. Um, you know, we're, we're going to go back to the early days in the church. And I, I, I got some pictures, but I felt like this picture more than anything captured the early days of the church. <laughs> It's November soon. It's November soon. And so, so this, this portion of our time here is really um, uh, an opportunity for, for some of us who are, who are newer Christians to this church, uh, been around a few years. You, be, you maybe don't know a lot about the history of this church, uh, and we're going to be celebrating 30 years um, next year as a church. And so, I wanted to ask uh, some of the mission team members. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then Donna was one of the early conversions in the church all the way on the end here. So I'll let them introduce themselves and just kind of share about how they kind of ended up a part of the church 
back then in the early days. We'll just start here on my, on my right here with Mova. <laughs> okay, um, my name is Mova, as I'm sure the majority of you know. Um, okay, I became a Christian actually in 1986. I was actually met in London on the underground train, the tube. And um, basically, um, for me, uh, it was really, um, I'm going to just jump right, right through to what actually stood out to me about the church at that time. Um, I was drawn to the genuine warmth of the Christians, and I, um, as a result of that, I decided to know more about God's plan for my life, and therefore I studied the Bible. And also, just for getting to know God better, I learned that you know the things that, up to that point, that I based my life on, my status, which like job, career, those things that I thought were important, they um, they really shaped my identity. But um, they were far less important to me when I learned about God's love for me and his love for me just as I am. Um, so I took a step of faith and I decided to become a Christian. And so, and so then you came on the mission team here to Birmingham. What year did you come on the mission team? I came in 1988. 1988. Um, and um, basically, um, because I actually saw a difference in my life, um, since I had accepted that I needed to become a Christian, and I saw, I was excited about the opportunity that others could get to know about um, him too. So, and, and, and the fact that I could play a part in that. So after much prayer, I, I grabbed the opportunity to move to Birmingham and make a difference by being part of the mission team. Okay, great. And Scott and Claire um, as well came on the mission team. Scott, can give us a little bit more of the backdrop of the mission team, maybe, and introduce yourself and your wife to, to those who don't know them. Okay. Um, They're in the photo here. They still look the same. They still look the same. Is this still working? Working? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's on. Um, so uh, I am got uh, became a Christian in the United States. I went with my father to America. Oh, that's better. I became a Christian in the United States. My father's company got bought out by an American company. Uh, we all moved over. I literally been there probably three months. I got invited to a Bible discussion group over there. Um, because I was on the campus, okay, campus. Um, so uh, I got invited to a discussion group, and of course I was open. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I uh, got invited. And I said, actually, I'm a bit busy this week, but if you give me a call next week, I thought I'd, you know, put him off. <coughs> Unfortunately, he rang me the following week. Uh, one thing I did as a, a, a non-Christian at the time was, if someone said something, if I said something, I made a pledge, I'd do it. So I thought, well, okay, I'll go along and see some of these cranky Americans in a Bible discussion group. Don't take any offense if you're American. Not take it. But then I went to a discussion group, and, uh, you know, they just opened the Bible. And uh, I've been brought up Church of England, very traditional. Hadn't really looked at the Bible uh, to any degree. So uh, it was quite a shock to me to start looking at the Bible and see some things that maybe weren't quite as I expected, so I became a disciple. Yeah. Uh, and then a guy called Douglas Arthur came to a Southern California conference. Uh, he told me I needed to go to England. Uh, so I gave up my university um, and came back to England, didn't know what I was doing, lived in a place down south, which was a mistake. Um, after a little while I realized it was a mistake, moved up to London and lived with a guy called George Grimmer, one of the evangelists that was in London. And the way the church started for Birmingham was, uh, that was in the west zone of London, 
Uh, London at that time, if you can understand, it was very much a mission-focused church. It was, let's get out, let's get this, let's follow the scriptures, Matthew 28, let's go and make disciples of all nations. That was the basis of it. So everybody, pretty well in the church, their whole idea and thoughts and aspirations were to see God work in their lives on a mission team. So, so everyone in the church wanted to go on a mission team pretty well at that time. Okay, that was the mentality of the mentality of the people okay. wow. in the church. Right. Pretty well, the, the whole point of uh, send me wherever you want to go. We want me to go, so it's very much that sort of focus. So uh, that's the way we, we thought things then, um, and they decided we'd start a zone in the northwest London. Um, so a group of us were sent to northwest London to start the church there. So that was the prerequisite for Birmingham. So those that were starting in the northwest would then go on to set up Birmingham. So further northwest, further northwest. Keep going on the motorway, basically. <laughs> Just keep going. So uh, we started the northwest zone. Uh, two Brothers Flats, and there was a couple other places set up. I was in Kilburn, which is a slightly Irish quarter of London, was then, What's but it is now. I haven't got a clue what it is now. And the other guy was sent to Golders Green, which is a Jewish quarter. Um, was. <laughs> don't know what it is now. Could be anything. Um, so uh, then we were sent, uh, basically started to set Birmingham. For me, I wasn't too sure whether I should come to Birmingham. Uh, I came up for six job interviews. Uh, I got offered all six jobs, so okay. I thought that was good. It seemed like a sign, I'm sure. Uh, I like to test God but in the right sort of way, but when he gives an answer as plain as that, you can't really ignore it. So uh, The only slight issue I had, I had to start in January. Uh, we we set, set out, uh, we're going to have a pilot team of eight people to come up in February. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had to come up in January, so uh, I came up. Uh, literally, I remember it, we, I had a briefcase. Uh, some underwear and some socks, and <laughs> one shirt and a tie, and the suit I was wearing, that was it. And I wow. started work at 9am on the Monday, I caught the first train out of London, uh, got to Birmingham, didn't know where I was going to live that night, uh, finished work at uh, 5.30, I said, does anyone know if there's any hotels or anything, um, how much you've got, I've got £12 a night. <laughs> There aren't many hotels even in Birmingham that were particularly nice. Uh, it did smell a little bit, and there was something going on next door which I didn't understand, but anyhow, at the time, but uh, there was start there night, then I, I rented a place in Poplar Avenue in Bearwood. This is January This is January 1988. So you came up by yourself as a mission. You one in the beginning. You yeah, just one at the time. But I did bring uh, a guy called Malcolm Cox, most of you know, okay, um, who, uh, just to keep in touch, to say hey, how it's going, how the evangelism was going, and things like that. Uh, the worst thing was trying to get some heat into the place, because the only way I could get heat into the place, it was slightly cheap, as you can understand. <laughs> the only way I could get heat was to turn the shower on, and that would give me some heat. And it was the worst... If anyone remembers January 88, it was a big snowstorm. Oh, yeah. It was very cold, uh, so, and then, uh, so in the February, the rest of the pilot team came, guy came to encourage, uh, join me in, the, in my little place. I slept on the floor, he slept on the bed. Um, we, the first night, though, that he stayed, we managed to set the cooker on fire <laughs> and uh, set the whole place going, everyone out. So no bed, no heat, and then no place. No, well, no, we, I, I managed to get the fire out. Okay. I think what it was, it was a pie we forgot about. We put it in the oven. <laughs> so it was on fire. All I could hear was the guy say, get the fire out, Scott, get the fire. And he was under the duvet, so it wouldn't come out. <laughs> it was too cold to come out. So what I did is I just picked it up, and it was on fire. 
with my hands, so I got a bit scalded and chucked it out the window. And that seemed to work. So, uh, but he, he then so he was early dis- day. <laughs> he was discouraged, so he left. Uh, so uh, he left and went to uh, knocked on the door of one of the uh, couples and it came up in February, March. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, eight was, came. Eight came. Eight came in the, the February. In February. And then the team was reinforced up to 20. And then about before, uh, April the 9th was our first. About 18. 12 more came. And then about April 19th, about 20. Yeah. On the original kind the original of group here in Birmingham. And, and Claire, when did you come into the, the picture and knock Scott off his heels and all those things? <laughs> <laughs> um, I came with my mission team in March 1988. Okay. So, do you want to share about becoming a Christian or? Yeah, well, what led you, I guess maybe at this point in the story, what led you, what made you want to come on the mission team in 88 from what you can remember? Okay. Um, so I became a Christian in uh, June 1983, and I think really it was the London church. The whole um, mindset of London church was to go on the mission team. Um, I think with the London church has planted a church in Africa, India, and Singapore by then, maybe even one other. So it was more sort of not should I go on the mission team, but which mission team should I go on? Mm-hmm. Um, I was qualified as a nurse in eight, 1986. So uh, a friend of mine was full time in the ministry, and she was asked to help support the team and um, to lead the women. And uh, she took a couple of friends from the South Zone <laughs> <laughs> of London uh, to come along with her. And um, I was very willing to come. I thought it would be exciting. I knew that as a nurse, I'd be able to get work, and I just felt I could support and contribute to being part of the team. Okay. And then you guys met here then on the mission, planting? Yeah. I mean, and started dating and got married in what year? We got married in 1989. 1989? <laughs> yeah. So you guys had a lot of... Scott had the leads. <laughs> 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 so 1989, a year or two into the church, you guys get married. Um, yeah. And then Donna, Donna, Donna was one of the early people who were, who was reached out to and became a Christian here in Birmingham. How do you kind of come into the story then with, with, with the early church? Well, I, I went to a church um, in Hereford, uh, and God had done a lot you know, to, uh, to work in my heart. So I, I'd already repented by the time I came to Birmingham. Right. And um, when I came to Birmingham, I was looking for um, basically a church, a best friend, and you know, basically someone who would help me to be closer to God. Mm-hmm. And so I made a decision one day that I was going to fast all day, I was going to pray all day. And basically, um, and then this is a Friday, and then the next day, I was reading this book as well called Christian Sexual Stuff Free. <laughs> so, you know, and then, so I, I fasted and I prayed, and then the next day, I actually went out evangelizing to meet a Christian. So I had a, you know, a watch on, and, you know, I'd just come off the 47 bus, and I, I was reaching out to people, and, and I, was, I was asking them three questions, you know, do you know where the 47 bus is? Um, I didn't know because I'd just come off it. I was like, no, I got, not that one. What time is it? Somebody else said, oh, I didn't have a watch, I'm really sorry, but I need the time. Mm-hmm. And then the third person I actually met was um, a lady, and she said, I said to her, so, um, she said, well, I don't really know, um, you know where the 47 bus is. She said, but, um, she said, because I'm not from here, so I said, where are you from? And she said, oh, I'm from the States. So I said, really? So I said, what are you doing here? She said, oh, I come to start a church. Well, of course, I let out this, you know, rebel yell. <laughs> and said, really? That was incredible. And then, um, so you were praying, fasting, looking for yeah, Christians, looking for, you know, church. Looking basically Reverse evangelism. So basically, then, um, you know, we had a chat, she exchanged numbers, and of course you had that whole thing about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go now, you know, you have dropsy in the middle of it all. And so then um, I went to the, you know, to the first service, 
So you were at that, you were at the first inaugural, yeah, the first, okay, wow. I was the one of the pictures lifting my hands up. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was great. I mean, and then I studied the Bible, um, two weeks of battling, but you know, I think the thing was is that not saying that I've never made the decision to actually be a disciple in my heart. You know, not understand that, you know, um, you know that verse that talks about how God's words are like love songs. You know, my perspective is, oh, you read the Bible, it makes you feel really nice, and eat you, eat you. But actually putting it into practice, I never really understood that you could do that. You know, and that's what I learned. So I think we got to a point where I was kind of hanging out and holding out and grappling with you guys. And then one day it kind of clicked. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to baptize now. And they were like, really? Why didn't you give it some time? And so I just went around the back and I said, if you don't baptize me, I'll baptize myself. <laughs> <laughs> So, so all this is 1988. 1988. 17th of April, Yeah, so, so all of you guys have been a part of this church then for nearly 30 years. Uh, and so you've seen a lot. I mean, you've seen a lot in those 30 years. Uh, uh, how awesome it is. Faithful members, you know, for yeah. 30, almost 30 years now. We'll have a right one. share a lot. One of the things that I, I really want to capture tonight is just is just the faith, the, the faith of those early days. Um, I think to me what stands out when I hear the stories of, uh, of old, you know, of just our, our family of churches, just that radical, you know, amazing faith. And even hearing your conversion, you know, how much faith you had in the, in the faith of the disciples. And so just just maybe each of you could share just one one quick, you know, What's a great memory you have of just the faith of the, of the early church, uh, personally? Uh, you know, it, you don't all have to share, but if you have something just briefly you could share about that really impacted you when you look back on, on the faith in those early days, what would it be? And it doesn't have to be all of you, but any of you could share that. Well, um, actually, following on from what Donna said, and um, she said she hung out with people a lot, and I think that really um, signified our church. Um, I put down here, we met together um, lots. We Obviously, we shared flats as well. I, I was um, Claire's um, roommate. Um, we had a sister's flat there. And, um, and so we just hung out together, and, and, and it was great. We just, you know, me and Donna had our moments where we did our impromptu singing together, you know. So it was, it was just, uh, we had a great time. And um, and I think, really, uh, it's the spirit of um, Acts 2, 42 to 47, okay. and that we were just devoted to each other. Um, we met together. Um, we enjoyed the fellowship, right. and, and, and God blessed that. God added to our number. That's really right. what stood out to me. Right. Right. Thank you. Funny enough, I feel the exactly the same thing. Uh, we did. We met pretty well almost every day. Uh, we had meals together. Birmingham at that time, after 5.30, it was pretty dead. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's been around Birmingham for a while, <laughs> come 5.30, it, it doesn't stop now, but it, it was 5.30, it was dead, so you... You'd finish work and you'd belt out for half an hour to evangelize, and then we'd get a meal together and do things together, so that was quite good. Uh, and my other fond memory was we did have one service in a Chicago pizza place. Oh, nice. That was really nice. We've got to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> I love pizza. Yeah, I have similar things. Um, great relationship with the mission team because we spent a lot of time with each other and supported each other. And the whole team, we were all unified and focused on seeking and saving the lost. And that was our whole mission and purpose and daily thought. Huh. I mean, Anything to add to that, Donna? Yeah. Anything to add to that? Yeah, for you. Yeah, for me, I think it was, I had an expectation. You know, um, I, I had this dream about uh, England being in darkness and all the lights were, were, were you know, we're going we're to come on one after the other, you know, if I went to Birmingham. And so I came with this expectation of, 
you know, God was going to use me. So when I went out, you know, I was very much like in people's faces, you know, um, you know, very, um, you, well, you know what I'm like. So my whole idea was to rattle people's cages and, you know, basically just to say, wake up, you know. So, yeah. And we were like that. We were very yeah. much like, oh, oh. very bold. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Not politically correct. You know, right. we, just, we just went out and right. that was the way it was. Right. So you're okay with me saying old rather than le less young? I'm okay. Yeah, and, and to wrap up, guys, uh, and, and again, I, I'm sure you can share more. Um, you know, what, what from those days, you know, you can't you can't go back, you know, 30 years ago and, 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 and you know, we're not time travelers and you can't you can't reproduce anything then now. But but I think there are things from 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 that time that, that we can still see today in our church that we could. We could reintroduce, or we could we could get back to, and, 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 if, and if any of you guys have any thoughts on that, what would you love to see, you know, us recapture in the church today from, from those times then? Any any thoughts on that as we close out here our time of this special interview? Yeah, I think for me, there was certain things that always protected me in my life, and one of the things that we did in the early church was, and I know even being an older person, it's hard to memorize scripture, but memory of scripture, it's in the Old Testament. So it talks about in the New Testament. If you memorize scripture, it protects you. Uh, that's without a doubt. And uh, um, we, we had in those days, the early days of church, you had a uh, um, guard the gospel, intermediate guard the gospel, and advanced guard the gospel. So there's always plenty of stuff on scripture to, to memorize. But that really helped me out. Um, um, and I think the other thing is um, there was a, a healthy respect uh, of God. Yeah. Uh, a fear of God in the right way, not in the wrong way. We're not talking about uh, throwing things out, but the, you know, the, there was a rule of, of God, okay. and you cannot restrict what God can do. So right. over time, we've seen some incredible things happen when you let God run it, right. you run it, right. then uh, amazing things do happen. So, so getting that um, big picture of God again. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I think that we've lost a bit is that we say, well, everything has to be community now. We can't have an impact without being community. We did a lot of uh, just cold evangelism yeah. right. to talk to people. In fact, has anyone here been met on the streets? So all those people, if we didn't do yeah, street yeah. evangelism, they wouldn't be here now. So that bold faith. It's yeah. just going out. Yeah. We used to preach on the streets. Street preaching. Street preaching, did some of that as well. Yeah. Singing was great as well yeah. on the streets. So yeah, any of those sort of things, I think, Amen. just help us as a community to right. tell Right, anything, anything different? You don't have to share necessarily, uh, but anything anything different from that? Well, Close on our time. Yeah, I suppose I, I, I put down... Um, I think we're doing this in the sense that we are having church-wide events, um, but I think the spirit of us meeting together, and we really love hanging out with each other, to the point where we even had residential events. Some of that probably typified not just the very, very early days, but earlier on in the church. I even put, like, prayer nights. Um, things like that. It's really just opportunities like um, getting God to move. I actually put down here, I mentioned into Brian Adam, just the, the actual gospel showcase, an event that I really enjoyed ages back. Some people might remember we had a barn dance and it was at the Vernon's oh, yeah. place. Okay. So that was absolutely had a real blast. And I keep talking about that. And but even just things like that, where we just right. we just had the spirit of just really enjoying it, enjoying it. Right, right. Way. So that spirit so, of togetherness. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And we're going to try to bring back the barn dance. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Any other thoughts here? Before we close out. What I loved about the time was that basically it was great to get the keys to the kingdom.
kingdom. In other words, I knew that I could go anywhere in the world right. and I could help someone to become a disciple. Right. But also, I think at that time, we were we called sin, sin. Right. And okay. there was no psychobabble. Right. You know, it was a case of, you know, if you, because then you knew what you were changing. You know, mm -hmm. nowadays you know what it's okay. like. Okay, you know, okay. Is it? You know, and so that's the way we were. Right. We had okay. a collective vision. You know, everybody yes. believed the same thing. We were there to seek and save the lost. Right. And that's the way it is. Right. And a unified purpose, a unified clarity and conviction. Everyone was on the same page. Yeah. And we, we basically lived by self-denial. We believed that the Bible talked about deny self, take up the cross, and we, we lived that way. And we Anything else to add there, Claire? She said, she said amen, I guess. All right. Amen. Well, round of applause for, uh, for Scott and Claire and Donna and Nova. Thanks so much. Yeah, we, we will have to do that again as we come to our 30-year anniversary. I'm sure there are so many other things that uh, uh, could be shared. Um, you know, it's great to think about, you know, our roots and, and where we come from as a church. Um, but the Bible does say in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10, it says, Do not say... Why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Uh, and so it, it, it's great to, to, to learn from the past, but we, we, we're, not, we're not trying to repeat the past, right? Uh, you know, it, it, we shouldn't live in the past. Um, we shouldn't romanticize the past, but we, we should appreciate and learn from the past. And certainly, uh, we want we want that faith that they had in those early days. Certainly, we want some of those memories. We, some of you want to be sitting up here in 30 years talking about, you know, the next 30 years of the Amen. church and, and the things God did. And we, we resurrected the barn dance or, you know, all these. You know, we just got back to sharing our faith. And we, we saw so many people, you know, in 2018 become Christians. We never would have thought, you know, that would have happened. You know, we, we can get so much. Uh, uh, out of just remembering what, what God has already done. Because if God did it then, why can't he do it now? You know, if God did it then, why can't he do it tomorrow? That That's what faith, right, uh, is all about. And that's what I really want to try to capture uh, tonight, is just really capturing that, that early day faith. Because uh, I believe we can we can duplicate that uh, even uh, still today. We're going to look at Hebrews um, tonight just for a little bit. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, you can turn there. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, we'll start out here at verse 32. Uh, Hebrews is a book written to people who, who are drifting in their faith, right? We read Hebrews 2 verse 1 uh, uh, last time we, we visited this topic. And, and the writer goes on in Hebrews chapter 10 to say in verse 32, Remember those earlier days. So it's good. The Bible actually tells us to remember the early days of our faith. It says, you know, those early days, it said, when you had received the light. In other words, when you became a Christian. When you endured in a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. And so just three quick ideas here as we close out, uh, you know, to, to lift. Because I believe as a church, we're not looking to drift over the next 30 years. We're looking to, to lift from the oldest to the youngest uh, among us. Next week, young people, we're going to do lift up the young. Amen. Tonight, we're looking at lift up the old. Um, so you'll get your turn, don't worry. And some of you will be in the hot seat as well. Uh, so just prepare for that. Uh, but, but just three quick ideas here uh, to lift. Uh, the old and to learn from them. Uh, the first thing is, is we've got to reduce. We've got to simply reduce. Um, this passage, this passage in Hebrews ten thirty two to thirty four. I don't know. I don't know of a Christian in this room, uh, and I don't know all of your stories uh, who can really relate to this. This is talking about being arrested 
Absolutely. And, and, and your, your property being confiscated. Uh, I personally have never had to suffer uh, for Christ uh, that way. Um, but I, I can relate, and I'm sure you can as a Christian, uh, of the idea of just remembering those early days. When you had, it says, received the light. Do you remember how wonderful it was to, to understand what Jesus did for you? To understand what he was presenting you through the cross and to, and to receive that, that salvation of your soul. Uh, and to finally escape from the darkness, escape from the slavery of sin, and to step into the light. It was a wonderful feeling, wasn't it? And, and, and so that's something we all can relate to. Uh, you know, from, from, from the Hebrew writer here in verses 32 uh, to 34. We, we, we suffered then in different ways. You know, Scott had no heat. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, Donna, you, Donna wanted, wanted to do the right thing, but she couldn't find a church. You know, but, you know, we suffered in different ways, but we did it gladly. You know, we sacrificed in different ways, and we did it joyfully. Because we, we understood, right? We understood, as it says there in verse 34, that, that we had better lasting possessions. That God has given us something far greater than whatever we were giving up at that time. And I think, you know, you know, the Bridens and Mova and Donna, they, they, you know, they, that, that heart, you know, it came out even as, the, as they were sharing. And I don't know all the history of the family of our churches here in the UK, uh, but I know it was built on, on a real and simple faith. Uh, and, and it's planted churches all over the UK, uh, and we continue to do that. You know, faith, the, the faith in those days, uh, you know, it, it's to me what made the difference. And faith today uh, it, it's the most important commodity in the church. There's nothing more important that we have as a church than our faith. And what's more important than that? We think about facilities and staff and this person and that person and this program. We, we get all caught up in that name and we need to deal with those things and be on top of those things. But there's nothing, nothing more important, right, than our faith. The Bible is very clear on that. Hebrews 11 verse 6. The writer there, uh, you know, soon in the next chapter, will say, without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please God. Got to have faith to please God. You know, Romans 14, verse 23, whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, but, but their eating is not for, if their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. It's talking about meat sacrifice to idols. We don't have time to get into the context, but it simply says there at the end, anything that does not come from faith is is sin. Even our, our, our faith is a matter of holiness and righteousness at some point. And then lastly, in 1 Peter 1, verse 7, the writer there says, your faith it says, is of greater worth than gold. Amen. Mm -hmm. Of greater worth than gold. Yeah. You know, older Christians in the room, if you've been a Christian, you know, to me, if you've been a Christian for, you know, about five years or more, you're, you're an older Christian, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you're an older Christian, you know, in this room, you know, remember those early days, you know, you know, do, do, do you still have that, that excitement, that, you know, that fire in your belly, that, that tingling feeling when you think about those early days, you know, of your faith? The Bible tells us to do that, right? Hebrews 10, uh, verse 32. And, and, and since that, that time, those early days, however long ago it was, you know, you know, what, 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 what today do you have that is better than that faith? There's nothing really, right? There's nothing that actually is more important or better than that faith. You know, but has your faith since that time, has it gotten, has it gotten too complicated? Has, has it gotten even, dare I say, cosmetic? It looks, it looks nice, but when you kind of dig into it a little bit, there's not really, not really much there. Uh, you know, has your faith, has your faith gotten, compli faith gotten complicated and do you just need to reduce it is the question. 
Do you need to reduce it? Uh, you know, there's a story of, of David, uh, you know, slaying Goliath in the Old Testament, and he, he volunteers to King Saul to slay, you know, this giant Goliath who's, who's tormenting the Israelites. And Saul, you know, says, okay, you can try, but Saul tries to give him his armor and his weapons. And this is an illustration of, of what that might have looked like. This young, you know, young, young boy trying to put on a man's, you know, you know suit of armor, you know, and go, go fight this giant. And what does David do? Uh, you know, in First Samuel seventeen thirty to forty, he he actually he says, you know, I, I I don't want this. I don't need this. This isn't mine. He says, I'm just going to take my sling and some stones and go face this giant. You know, he he reduces it. He just simplifies it, right? He just takes what he has and he goes and slays that giant, right? With five stones and a sling. And I think in the same way, you know, as Christians, sometimes we just make it way too complicated. Let's just reduce it back to that simple early day faith. You know, younger Christians, you know, you live in a world of marketing today. You know, the next best thing, right, is always out there. Now it's the iPhone X or 10, you know, that's out there and all the hype behind that. And uh, it's okay if you got one. Don't feel guilty. But uh, we got to be careful even as younger Christians not to, you know, fall into the next flashy thing. You know, the next best thing in the church, right? Be looking for the next, be- next best thing. Again, you know, let's not add to it. Let's just reduce it. Let's just simplify it. It's all about our faith. So we got to reduce Reduce to, to, to lift up the old and the young among us. And the second thing here is we've got to reuse. We also have to reuse some things. In Hebrews 10, uh, the writer goes on here uh, in verse 35. He goes on to say, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And the writer says here that, that our faith, you know, it, it, it's not disposable. But eternal, right? It, it doesn't erode. It doesn't corrode. It doesn't go stale. It doesn't get spoiled. You, in other words, you can reuse it over and over and over again. Do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw away your faith. It will be richly rewarded. But of course, to do that, he says, you must persevere. You must persevere uh, there in verse 36. Uh, yes, it's hard to live by faith day in and day out. You know, the... You know, I love, I love sitting down with, with, with the, the, the uh, early day Christians here that we just talked to. Um, you know, they have this joy, this excitement. They're smiling as they're talking about those early days, right? And, you know, Scott's laughing about the place he lived in, although it sounds like a nightmare, you know. But, 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 but why are they up here rejoicing and celebrating and reminiscing? It's because they've persevered, right? They, they've persevered, you know, for nearly 30 years in their faith. It reminds me of Ephesians 6, verse 16. Uh, Paul tells the church in Ephesus to put on the full armor of God, right? And, and one of those pieces of armor, he says, is, is, is to take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, to, to, to live by faith, we have to keep lifting up the shield of faith. And if you've ever lifted something up, after a while your arm starts to get tired, you know? And that, that's kind of the, the illustration here. We've got to keep bringing our faith up. When life comes at us, when those doubts come, we've got to keep persevering, you know, and, and keeping that shield in front of us no matter what may come. And I've been learning this, actually, in my time in Birmingham, you know, really persevering. One of the things, you know, uh, since I've moved here, but I'm just trying to share my faith every opportunity I get, wherever I go. And I, hopefully all of us as disciples are doing that. Uh, but that's something I've really been trying to work on here uh, in the U.K. since I've been here. But I haven't found people who really, you know, oftentimes seem that interested. And I was even thinking, you know, I've been here a year and I haven't even, I haven't personally found somebody who wanted to come to church yet. And that was really kind of irking me out. And uh, I used to play a lot of basketball back in the day when I was a bit younger. And it was easy to find a good basketball game in America. I moved to Australia. It got a bit harder. 
Moving to the UK, it seems even harder to find a good game of basketball. But I, lo and behold, I found the University of Birmingham. They're playing basketball. So I said, okay, I'm going to go check this out. You know, one of the things I love about playing basketball was I play basketball, but I'm a talker, so I would talk to the guys and I would share my faith as I played. Um, I wouldn't talk trash, I'd talk Jesus, you know, during the game. And, and so, so I, so I get, get on UOB's website and I find this, this basketball thing, and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what this is going to be like. You know, it's going to be a bunch of young guys, and I'm the old guy, you know, I'm 41. And so I show up there, and sure enough, it's a bunch of 18 year olds, 40 of them, and me, the 41 year old, you know. And uh, so I, I, I show up there, and, but I'm like, hey man, I'm, I'm here to play basketball, and I'm here to share my faith. And, uh, and, and lo and behold, you know, one of the guys I talked to came to, to the student-led service last Sunday, a guy named Andrew, you know, and I, I saw him Thursday, and I'm reaching out to him still, and, but I just thought, you know, I just took something out of, you know, the old bag of tricks in my faith, go play basketball, but while you do something you enjoy, share your faith, talk about Jesus. I just took that, I just reused that idea, and boom, you know, I, I had an impact, and I think, you know, for all of us, you know, there are things that God has blessed, there are ways God has used you. In your faith, just just bring those things back out. Sometimes we try to make it so complicated. Let me lay on the spiritual couch and analyze my heart and think about the old days, the new days, what the Bible says, and six hundred disciples. No, just 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 bring some of that old stuff back out. Do you know what? What do we see in Revelation two? Do what you did at first. You know, it, it's not oftentimes really that much more complicated. So we got to reduce, we got to reuse, and finally here tonight we got to recycle. We got to reduce, we got to reuse. And we've got to recycle. You know, the writer goes on here to close out the section in chapter 10, verse 37. He says, For, and he actually quotes, it's a combination of Isaiah and Habakkuk. In just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. So after he quotes these Old Testament passages, the writer says, But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. You know, the writer here, you know, he talks about this idea of recycling. Recycling. He puts these two Old Testament passages. It's mostly from Habakkuk 2. I'll show you that passage here um, in a moment. Um, it's mostly from Habakkuk 2, but it's also, uh, the, you know, who was a prophet. Uh, you know, when the, the Assyrians were, were had taken over Israel, and the Babylonians were about to come in, Habakkuk, you know, you know, he makes these complaints on behalf of Israel. What, God, why are, you, why are we overcome, you know? And, uh, and, and God says, you know, you're getting disciplined by me, and it's going to be okay. Hang in there, you know? And so, and so this idea of, of, of my righteous one will live by faith. I'll take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, you know, comes from Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, verses 3 through 4. And so, so the Hebrew writer is taking this old idea, you know, and, and when we live by faith, we can feel that way. God, when are you going to come through? God, when, when are you going to deliver me or deliver this situation? And when we live by faith, we often feel just like the writer, the writer you know, in Habakkuk does. Um, but, you know, at that point, it's a great opportunity, right, for us to, to take that old faith and recycle it and bring it back out. And, and hang on to that and not shrink back. Not shrink back and be disturbed, but to be those who believe in the end and are saved. Um, and, so, and so that's what he's doing. He's recycling this passage here in Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, verses 3 through 4. Um, it's quite interesting. Um, when you literally read it, it says, See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. That The Hebrew writer, you know, through the Holy Spirit, changed the word a little bit. Rather than puffed up, he said shrink back. But, you know, so it almost sounds different. But if you think about it, when do we shrink back as Christians is when we're proud. It's more puffed up. We're not humble toward God. And we start to doubt. And, and, and then we start to be faithless. And we start to, to shrink back. 
Uh, but Jesus, you know, Jesus, what is he going to be looking for when he returns? Because this talks about how he's coming and he will not delay. In Hebrews 10, 37 to 39, what's he going to be looking for? Well, he said in Luke 18, verse 8, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? He's not going to be looking for your church attendance record, you know, or your spiritual resume. He's going to be looking for our faith, our faith. And that's exactly what the writer here is still referring to. He's recycling this old faith and bringing it, you know, he's bringing it with him into the future as he thinks about Jesus returning. And so for us, it's the same thing. We've got to keep recycling, you know, keep recycling that, that early day faith that we once had. And then as we do that more and more, we practice that more and more, we get more and more faithful. And we become these people who do not shrink back. Because life has a way of being ferocious. Life has a way of coming at you. Life has a way of, you know, of attacking our faith. But the more we recycle that faith and, and, and we cling to the scriptures and we, and we trust in our Lord and Savior, the more we can, can be those who don't shrink back, but those who have faith. And in the end, indeed, as it says there, are saved. If you're busy with us tonight, um, we're, we're thankful that you're here with us. Um, you know, what, what, are you, what are you resting your future on would be my question to you. What, what, what in your future, you know, are you putting your hope in? You know, we as a church, we believe you put your hope in your faith in God. And that's how you secure your future. Uh, and if you don't know, you know, where your faith is at or, or how to get that kind of faith when you want it, uh, let us study the Bible with you. Because Romans chapter 10, verse 17 the scripture here says, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. We may not be able to offer you this and offer you that as a church, but we can offer you faith. We can offer you faith, and we'd love to help you to find that uh, as you study the Bible with us, hopefully here in, this, in, the, in, in the very, very near future. Um, and brothers and sisters, you know, where is our faith tonight? You know, the writer goes on in chapter 11, verse 1, to say, now faith is confidence. There's that word again, right? Just saw it in the previous chapter. And what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You know, older Christians, there's nothing more valuable in your life than your faith. Maybe you own a home, maybe your you know, portfolio, you know, your mutual <coughs> funds, your pension's looking good. Maybe you have a wonderful family. You know, maybe, maybe you have a, you know, a wonderful stamp collection or whatever. And I know some brothers who have that. You know, but, but, but there's nothing you have more valuable than that faith. You know, have you lost sight of that? Do you, need, do you need to reuse some of that faith? Do you need to recycle some of that faith? Or do you just need to simplify and reduce your faith again in your life? And younger Christians in the room, rather than, you know, use the RE words, you know, recycle, reduce, and reuse, I, I, I want you to re-evaluate. I want you to re-evaluate if you're a younger Christian. Are you ready to go on a mission team? And if you're not, why, why wouldn't you be? If you're a disciple of Jesus, you should be willing to go anywhere, do anything for him. If he calls you, say, here am I, send me. But, but, but we're not willing to do that. If, if, if people 30 years ago weren't willing to do that, we wouldn't be here today at this church meeting right now. 30 years from now, they sit you down and talk about, whoa, talk about, you know, your, and hurt your ears while they do it. Talk about your early days, your early days. Would it inspire people the way you're living right now, the way you live your faith, the way you're, act, you're, 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 you're acting out in your faith? You know, Do you need to reduce it? Do you need to recycle it? Do you need to reuse it uh, and get it back to a biblical standard in your life? You know, Let us commend and lift up the older Christians today and the ancient pathways they have walked on. It, it's a path and life of faith. Uh, and let us, as Hebrews has called us tonight, to, to reduce, reuse, and recycle that faith. 
more and more and more. That that is the hope of the next thirty years of our church. It's it's having that kind of faith and hanging on to it no matter what. And so from the oldest to the youngest in here, let, let us seek generational lift uh, by reducing, reusing, recycling those early days of faith. And the Berman of Church said, Amen.